What's up and welcome to the Box Office Preview Podcast, an onstage blog podcast network production. I am your host, Greg Earhart. Joining me today, if you want to know the secret life of my co-host, you're not missing much because it's just hours of him at his computer researching horrifically bad puns. It's on-screen chief critic Ken Jones. Ken, welcome. How are you? Wow. I mean, I, I don't have much of a life, but I think I like to think I have a little bit more than that going for me. Wow. Well, if it was, it wouldn't be a secret life now, would it? No. <laughs> I guess not. Well, sad we emoji do, face. What we should be doing more of, spending more time on, is actually getting our predictions correct. Uh, although, one movie we did okay. Well, I did okay, at least. Um, but let's start with... Uh, the box office review of last week. Um, do we need to? Yeah, we do. Yeah, I prefer we if we didn't. <laughs> the worm has turned. <laughs> so uh, Godzilla won the weekend. Uh, it performed lower than most uh, box office forecasts. It ended at forty-seven point eight million. Um, Ken, you, by mm. my nudging, I will add, barely oh. squeaked out a victory at fifty-eight million. Uh, right. I nudged you to 58 uh, when you started 59. If you were kept at 59, neither of us would have gotten credit for the win. Mm. Uh, so by going to 58, you're within 10 million of the prediction. We're rounding up, of course, 47.8 <laughs> to 48. And uh, you barely, barely win the week for uh, for Godzilla. Uh, we're going to do a quick little um, segment on this, which is called For the Loser of the Movie is Do You Have Any Regrets? And so I'll ask myself, do I have any regrets in my prediction of 62 million? Um, I do kind of, yeah. I, I, I should have... I was too guided by the first Godzilla's box office at 93. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I discounted enough, even though I think at 62 million was, I mean, that's like a 50% drop as is. I didn't discount enough. The fact that, uh, the second movie was clearly being targeted for like the hardcore Godzilla fans. Um, you know, just by the nature of it's, you know, was shaping out as we discussed last week, Throw in every to- month, Godzilla monster imaginable. <laughs> right. Right, so it was clear king to them and not the main, more of a mainstream audience like the first movie was. So I, I have a couple regrets. I do, say. do you want to ask me if I have any regrets? Um, yeah, I mean, you won. You won the weekend, yeah, so I just, wouldn't think just, you'd have regrets. But Just ask me if I have any regrets. Do you have any regrets? Yes, seeing the movie. <laughs> so, all right, do tell. Oh, it was awful. <laughs> really? I, they, when you when when you when you mention the fact that they throw in like every Godzilla monster almost imaginable, right? It, it makes me wonder if they started thinking like halfway through writing it that they might not get the chance to make another Godzilla movie. Sure, sure. And so, well, they, well, they got Godzilla they were, Kong next, so you might right. as well get through it all because you might. So not, they're like know. throwing <laughs> just throwing it all into this one because there's no guarantees that uh, there would be a, a third or fourth one depending on. You know whether you include the Kong movie um, in that okay. equation, but and yeah, has, has your review been uh, published yet? Uh, no, I'm stage? I'm in the process of writing it. Okay, okay. So the next movie we made prediction on was Rocket Man. Um, now I won this one, and I'm pretty proud of myself for this one. Uh, mm-hmm. I predicted 28. Uh, Ken, you predicted 44 million, and yeah. the actual result was 25.7 million giving me the victory uh for this movie so ken do you have any regrets yeah i mean kind of kind of like you with um godzilla and taking uh the first movie's box office um giving it too much credit i i kind of gave um rocket man too much credit for potentially like like bringing in the uh yeah bohemian rhapsody audience and uh it really didn't happen. No, it didn't. And I think Despite I think the good reviews. Correct. I think the I, again, I think the core Elton John fan is like fifty-five to sixty-five, and they're not going to rush out to see something opening weekend. Mm. Um, you know, generally speaking. So I, that's my explanation, anyway. Um, Especially in plus, the summer when all these kids are, you know, <laughs> these, these dang swarming kids. around these dang kids in their fast cars. <laughs> right. Right. So they're going to park their caddy caddy. somewhere. (laughs) 
So obviously I have no regrets. I'm very proud of that uh, that prediction. Um, the last movie we did not make a prediction on. I made a prediction on Twitter. Uh, Ma uh, finished with 18.1 million. My prediction on Twitter was 18 million. Uh, so again, another I was you know two for three basically, and um, and uh, so I think pretty decent result for again another original horror movie. Um, which and there will be many more original, uh, not necessarily original horror movies, but um, 2019 is nothing is a year of Disney. It's a year of horror. <laughs> so, um, yeah. so people keep uh, keep coming out. They're gonna keep making them. We have so that's last week. This week we have two big releases uh, coming out. Uh, we have the Secret Life of Pets two, as well as. Um, a movie called Dark Phoenix, which we'll get into. I'm not sure why it's not called X-Men Dark Phoenix. Um, just Dark Phoenix with the X circled to indicate it's an X-Men movie. Um, we'll get into that a little bit little bit later as to that decision. Um, we're gonna so we're gonna do see don't see uh, for both of these movies, and we're gonna preview both movies. We're gonna start with Secret Life of Pets. Um, again, it is the sequel to 2015. Uh, movie which did very well in the box office. Mm-hmm. It did. I'm gonna pull up the results right now. It did three. It to finish domestically with 368.4 million, which for an original concept, even for an anime movie, that's a very impressive total. Yeah, uh, it, didn't that? Uh, if I remember correctly, didn't that kind of feel like it came out of nowhere? Like not entirely out of nowhere, but the the 350 number, like. It, I think it was they, a surprise. Yeah, I think it surprised yeah. most. I mean, it, it, the I opening they were, was hundred million, which I mean, again yeah. for an original concept is impressive. Um, I want to say they were thinking it was going to get like maybe two twenty five or something yeah. like that. Like, not not three. No, yeah, well over three hundred. If I remember that summer correctly, there really wasn't any competition for kids for at least a couple weeks it was two to three weeks and i think and i think there was a craving for like a, a kids animated movie i have to look back and see um but the trailer is a good trailer is a good concept it was a good title i think it i think it kind of hit all the right notes and um rotten tomato was okay it's 73 percent um rotten tomato it's honestly, it's not a movie I've heard of much kids seeing or even talking about. I, I feel like it kind of came and went. <laughs> um, even like, yeah, my, yeah, my do- I don't think they've ever shown it at like my daughter's daycare. You know, they show like all sorts of kids movies and stuff. So um, do you have any, uh, Ken, what are your thoughts on the sequel uh, to the surprise hit? Uh, uh, I will be honest. I never saw the first one. What? You didn't, you didn't review it? No, it, uh, it it slipped through the cracks for me. It, okay. Uh, yeah. So I'm kind of flying blind here. Well, and I think, well, that brings me to the next question I wanted to ask, which is, is everyone going to be uh, flying blind to this franchise in five years? Which is another way of saying, is is this, is anyone going to remember this franchise in five years? Or is this going to, or... Is uh, is this just going to kind of go by the wayside? Um, <laughs> it could. I mean, I, I I had zero interest in seeing the first one for whatever reason, and that that was I clearly was in the minority on that one. Um, so I, I I'm not you know making any plans to see this one. <laughs> right. Either, well, and so. again, the, you know, small sample size being the two of us, but I think this is an example of you know. Uh, did, if a tree fell in the forest but no one was there, you know, did anyone hear or no one heard it? Did it fall? I, I that's the second time I messed that up on this podcast. That's <laughs> fool me once, you can't get fooled the second time. <laughs> I know, but it's like it did 368 million, but it felt a like money. a movie that did like you know 120 million. You know, it, it was the, it was the number four movie that year, yeah. No, it was a huge, but. It's like it didn't it didn't enter the cultural lexicon at all. That's inarguable. It's not like, you know, like when Toy Story came out and did a similar box office number, like it was in the culture. Like it was it was everyone mm. was quoting, everyone was talking about it. It was there. It arrived and there was just not that moment at all for Secret Life of Pets. At least in this at least in New England anyway. And we all know New England represents the entire country. Of course, uh, East Coast bias. <laughs> so as we dissect, so again, the first movie did about 100 million opening weekend. As we dissect and predict, 
how the second movie will do. You know, see, don't see is what get to is a little bit different for animated movies because it's it's really less. It's not really about star. It's not about classic star power, right? Right. You know, it's it's about you know, is it the brand, the franchise, who's making it, and the plot, basically. And um, it brings me to my next question for you: Is Ken? Do you think voiceovers for characters like does it does it even matter like who's voicing? A particular character sometimes uh, for me but for the most part no um, so who would it matter for you so oh boy you, you see a trailer and this guy is voicing it who, who voices it and say oh wow i'm more interested in seeing this um we're hmm. stepping on c don't see a little bit but i think this is like kind of a fundamental I mean, question for maybe us. like maybe like the rock or i don't know um yeah, I mean, honestly, probably not. Now that I think of it, it's usually more about the fact, like, who's what studio is making it. So me. I, yeah, and no, I agree. I think so. I was thinking about this ahead of this podcast, and I came up with two people that might make me more interested to see it, just based on their voicing a character. So one is uh, Jason Statham. Um, because like his voice is just awesome. Like I, I would swear, more... if the second one is John Claude Van Damme, I'm turning off the. <laughs> I'm stopping recording. I, no, no, no. I can't say JCVD because he did do a voice in Kung Fu Panda Two, and I knew he did it, and that still didn't bring me to see it to see the to see the movie in the theater. Okay. So no, I can't. No, all no, right. Steve, like so, like I love Nicolas Cage, but the fact that he does voiceovers does not appeal to me at all. You know, like he did the he was in the Crudes, and I was just like, he man. Was- for what it's worth, he was amazing in uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Okay, all right, as yeah, the, As Spider, Spider-Man, uh, Spider-Noir. Spider-Man. Right, and, and there may be a number of actors that do amazing jobs as voiceovers, but just as, like, a direct appeal to, like, oh, you know, yeah. oh. it, it's it's pretty, like, there, there are a lot of actors I love that they're voicing a character. I'm like, eh, you know, uh, you know I don't really care. Um but Statham is one because he has such a unique voice and he's just, you know, again, I could hear him read the Bible, not the Bible, the phone book, or the Bible, <laughs> the Bible too. Him reading the Bible, the Old Testament would be amazing, I have to say. Um, uh, but you know, are you saying he t- can make Leviticus interesting? <laughs> I would be scared to, to hear him read Leviticus, actually. <laughs> but you know who number two is? You you won't, you will not be able to guess number two, I guarantee. I, I, yeah, I have no idea. And I'm going to lead it off by saying... So I watched the movie Smallfoot with Ashley uh, this weekend. And Smallfoot, you know, fine movie, whatever. And I know I recognized a couple of people, you know, doing the voiceovers and stuff. But I was looking at the credits and I saw that LeBron James did a voiceover. And I'm like, huh? (laughs) So it's like, and I was thinking like, and they went back, okay, I could see, yeah, that character, I guess, was LeBron. But, um... But then I'm thinking, why would they bother with LeBron? I'm like, I mean, are, are LeBron fans really going to go see a movie because he's voicing a character? And I'm like, you know what? I guess it's possible because, like, you'd want to see him in a medium he's not usually doing, especially if he's doing an important character. And I'm like, okay, I guess it's possible. So that led me to my second person who I could think of that would bring me <laughs> to see an animated movie. Can you now take a guess? I, I I thought you were going to say LeBron James. So no, uh, I was okay. not say LeBron James. No, <laughs> Eli Manning. Oh, Eli God. Manning. Is... <laughs> if Eli oh, Manning was boy. an animated movie doing a important character, that might bring me to the theater just to see the train wreck that would be, that would be his performance. I, mean, I can <laughs> I can kind of picture like what kind of character he would voice. Yeah, yeah. I'm just going to leave that there for you. Like like Mater Toe, basically, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like one of the one of the um <laughs> the, he would look like one of the suitors for uh the the girl in brave oh oh i thought you were gonna say the suitor for jasmine in the new aladdin movie like he could uh, have been... well I, no no that that's giving him too much credit uh, <laughs> definitely not a prince no <laughs> So I'm like, I could see like my favorite athlete voicing because so like the LeBron now makes a little bit more sense to me. Although again, like Eli is a bit more distinctive voice, I think, than LeBron. A little more uh, obscure. (laughs) (laughs) How many people have Eli as their favorite athlete, by the way? Oh, I didn't say he's my favorite. I didn't say he's my favorite. (laughs) Okay. 
I, I'm just, I mean, he's one of my favorite giants, clearly. But I just mean, like, he's that, I mean, he's iconic to me. He brought me two Super Bowls over, you know, your New England Patriots. So he always has a special place in my heart. Yeah. Um, do, do I need to say that? I'm sorry. Did you hear me? I can repeat that. That's okay. It'll be edited out. Don't worry about it. <laughs> so I just mean, like, that kind I mean, again, it's not like if my favorite player was, um, uh, like Saquon Barkley, like, and he's doing a voiceover that when he, you know, he doesn't have a distinctive enough voice to be like, right. Oh, I really need okay. to hear him voice a toy story character, you know? Um, so anyway, so, so, so for me, uh, I think, you, you know, that, uh, Jason Statham looking at his IMDb has in fact voiced an animated character. Who's that? You guess the movie. Not There's yet. no way you would. No. It's uh Nomeo and Juliet. Oh yeah, he, he voiced the character of Tybalt. <laughs> well, good to know. I, I will check that out then. Well, there you go. You have a movie that you will be rushing out to rent. Exactly. All right, Ashley, we got another movie to watch. Um, <laughs> so, um, so anyway, so my answer to the question: Do voiceovers even matter? I say ninety-five percent of the time, no. Yeah. Uh, but I think for certain cases, yes. However, the studios disagree because they keep bringing in heavy hitters to uh, to do these parts. So, is there any now that I'm thinking about it from the sports world? Is there any musician that would bring you like they're doing? Because you know the studios bring in like Katy Perry and um, other kind of artists. Shakira was in Zootopia, you know, and uh, and there's been, been hip hop artists to play parts. Is there any musician that would bring you no, to see? Not, not really. I mean, yeah. it's it's again like. I, I get why they do it, yeah. Where they because they're using them to sell the movie, right, right. To to wider audience as wide of an audience as possible. But I mean, in the grand scheme of things, the voice actors, you know, are are just a part of the equation as opposed yeah. to part of the draw. Right, right. All right, uh, let's get to see. Don't see on that note. Uh, for those of us uh, joining us for the first time. See, don't see is a way for Ken and I to quantify our interest in seeing a movie versus just saying, do I want to see it or do I not want to see it? I'm going to read off uh, several categories associated with the movie. We have to rank the categories from negative three to positive three, positive three indicating we really want to see the movie based off this category alone. Negative three meaning we are staying the heck away from the movie um, as much as possible. Ken, are you ready for see, don't see for secret life? That's too. Okay. All right, I have six, six categories for this. All right, we got to discuss this already. All you know about the movie is part of the Secret Life of Pets franchise. See or don't see? Uh, <laughs> uh, negative three. Ooh, oh, wow, I, you're staying the heck just, away. You didn't see the first one. I didn't see the first one, so I have, it's, I just have no interest. But yeah. that's not just no interest. That's staying like you're actively avoiding seeing this seeing this movie. Well, I can't see it if I haven't seen the first one either. I mean, that's I'm a, I'm a man of principle. All right, all right. All right. Well, I'm a zero. I I I feel I feel the same way as you. However, that to me that says zero rather than negative three. So, all right. Uh, moving right along, we'll try and go through these fairly quickly. Um, all you know, based on um, this is. Piggybacking off our voiceover discussion, Kevin Hart and Tiffany Haddish are voicing characters in an animated movie. Can see or don't see. That's all you know. I mean, they've been in some movies that I've found funny, but it's they're not a draw for me. So I guess uh, oh, negative one or negative two. Wow. I'll, I'll go with a negative one. Negative one. Okay. So... Kevin Hart is obviously a very distinctive voice. Um, I'm trying to remember if he did anything other than the first Secret Life of Pets. Um, Animated? Yeah, yeah. Hmm. But the because of Kevin Hart, he might be a one because again, his voice. He could. I could guess him using his voice in funny ways in an animated movie. But honestly, it's probably a zero because I'm I'm generally kind of neutral on Kevin Hart. I like Tiffany Haddish, but not enough to n- nudge me into the one category mm-hmm. for an animated movie. Okay, uh, all th- next. All you know is it's a movie from the studio that did Despicable Me. That's all you know, which is elimination. Uh... Which that's, is they that's beat probably over a, the head during the trailers. Yeah, that's probably a zero for me. I, I like the first two uh, Despicable Me's. I actually didn't. I don't think I saw the third one. 
oddly enough. And then I saw Minions, which it's was yeah. it was fine. Yeah, a couple chuckles, but I mean, you know, it is what it is. So yeah, uh, Minions is really that's a, that's a zero. It's little yeah. kids. Yeah, I, it's funny. Um, I I get why studios will try anything to make you say, "Oh, you like to spickle me, you like this." But I mean, like movies can make good movies and they can make terrible movies. So mm-hmm. this factor doesn't move me in any way. It is a firm zero for me. All right, next. Uh, all you know about the movie is it's an animated movie where a rabbit is dressed as a superhero doing zany things. Ken, see or don't see? <laughs> uh, yeah, that's going to get a negative two from me. Ooh, but, uh, ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> you don't like rabbits. You just don't like rabbits, do you? I, uh, it has no Bugs appeal. Bunny? Like, what was is the Bugs Bunny okay. Room? <laughs> okay, you, can, you, you brought me up to a negative one on that. <laughs> you, you throw bugs at me. I, I got I to gotta bump it up. Well, that is a good question because, I mean, if you just say it's a rabbit, it could be Bugs Bunny. Like, it could yeah. be Bugs Bunny movie, yeah. Um, and we'll probably see Bugs Bunny as a superhero in uh, Space Jam 2. Yeah. <laughs> so because of Bugs Bunny, like how much part of my childhood giving me laughs, I do have to rate this a one because it's possible rabbit's superhero does equal comedy. So, yeah, I'm a one. Uh, I'm, I'm a firm one on that. All right, next. Uh, all you know about the movie is it's – Loosely plot concept, loose plot plot concept is pets on a farm interacting with barnyard animals. It's got like a fish out of water element to yeah, it. Yeah, no, I'm out. Minus <laughs> <laughs> <Mine is> three. <laughs> I'll say negative two on that one. I might as well. Boy, you yeah, like, like this movie. Um, Ken, I'm a uh, you know me. I'm a big fish out of water genre fan. Uh, Kate and Leopold is one of the all time classics. Uh, oh my word. And um, I think we're going to do a good wow. ripple effect on that. Uh, wait, wait, time. <laughs> you can't just try to slide that casually into the conversation. <laughs> Kate and Leopold. Yeah, absolutely. Hugh Jackman wow. playing a medieval, medieval knight like in the middle of uh, New York Breaking City. News oh, on the pod. <laughs> What's that? Breaking news on the pod. <laughs> Wow! Oh, I must have I must have talked to you about. Fish I have on. never heard this before. Wow. Okay. Well, we'll get to have that. to explore this more in depth yeah. at a later time. Yeah. So, so a big fish out of water fan. So, like again, like um, any any movie that has like someone from a former time period that's like magically transported to current day. Like I'm all in. I'm a three on that. Animals animated, it gotta be a little bit softer on it. Um, so I gotta be, an, I'll just be a little bit of a one, uh, just a, a solid one on that. Last one. Wow. I'm still uh, in <laughs> Ken, you don't have children. I do but not. Let's, but, but let's say you're babysitting a kid for a while. Okay. And your kid is asking you once a day to see the movie. That's all you know. You don't know what the movie is. You know anything about it. You just know your kid is asking you to see the movie. See or don't see or don't see. Uh, you know what? <laughs> Knowing the kind of babysitter I would probably be. <laughs> and having actually done it once for a couple of friends. Um, <laughs> and, and I actually ended up throwing on a movie for the kid. Uh, before he went to bed, yeah, nice. I'm gonna I'm gonna put that on a solid three. Oh, all right, yeah. yeah I, I I my my defenses yeah. would crumble very quickly. <laughs> what? Do you see the movies? Well, don't pull my arm. Yeah. Well, so the thing is, is like there's good kids movies. Obviously, you know, like obviously I'll be delighted to take my daughter to see Toy Story. Uh, and then there's potentially uh, troubling ones where my daughter wants to see The Grinch, uh, which is what happened in November, and I was pulling my hair out during the time. So, see, however, my simple strategy is that I'm just trying to run off the clock until the parents get back. Right. You right. know? Right. So if I don't know anything about the movie, but she wants to see the movie, I, I like taking my daughter to the movie. She's a good time. I'll, I'll say a one. I'll say I, I, am, I am interested. Okay. So our score... Ken, you're a minus four. Do you think that has anything to do with the fact that I I never had pets growing up? (laughs) Maybe, maybe. I am a three, so out of six categories, so I average about a half. Um, Ken, I have two bonus questions to ask you for C, don't see. I have not prepped you ahead of time for this. So you're going in I wasn't prepped ahead of time for the other ones, so. (laughs) Bonus question, Ken. Yes. If this movie was ninety nine percent Rotten Tomato score, would you, would that change your interest level, your overall interest <laughs> level at all? 
Oh, man. Normally it would, but I'm not sure that it would. Ooh, really? I I don't know. Maybe. Okay. If it's 99%, I mean, people are, are probably saying it's one of the you know best-reviewed <laughs> movies of the year. Right. Or just one of the best movies of the year, period. Like, right. Yeah, that would probably pique my interest enough to at least check it out. All right. So, you know, go from a negative four to maybe a one or something. Get moving yeah, five maybe like points. a... Yeah. Okay. Um, well, we'll say actually your average score is like a minus one, so it can move you up to zero or one. Uh, for me, it would just really kind of make me scratch my head. Like, I don't, I just would be so confused how a movie like this could be 99%. Right. right. Um, so would it change my score? I mean, I'm already a three. Yeah, it would, it would drive my interest up because of like, all right. If it's this high, then my daughter will probably enjoy it, and I'll probably enjoy it. So I'll probably take her to see it sooner than I would normally into it. So, so I'd say a firm yes. All right, last bonus question. <laughs> if it was announced <laughs> that Secret Life of Pets 2 was a shared universe between Sing <laughs> and the Aristocats... Would that change your interest level in seeing this movie? Uh, <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm going to uh, probably damage my bona fides a little bit here. I did not see Sing oh, when it yeah. came out. Wow! And That's I've on never Netflix seen for a while. Yeah. It is. I think it's still on some streaming platform. Not on Netflix. Yeah, they took maybe it Hulu. Maybe yeah. or Amazon. Either way, uh, I have not seen it. Okay. I've also never seen the Aristocats. I have not either. So, I finally read the book of that. Yeah. yeah, which I can kind of see why they haven't remade that yet. But um, <laughs> so yeah. the answer is no. The answer is yeah, firm. that wouldn't sway. Okay, so I think Sing would make my daughter super super excited if she was aware of it. Um, so I would say shared universes. Sure, I'm in. Go ahead. Yeah, bump me up from a one to a two. Go ahead. Okay. That's it for any, any final thoughts on Secret Life of Pets. I think we got a lot out there. For yeah, I think we're good. Okay. And now let's take a break to bring you a word from one of our friends at Sing for Hope. Whether you're a professional actor or amateur singer, a budding playwright or award-winning poet, a classical sculptor or a ballerina, there's a place for you at Sing for Hope. Sing for Hope uh, brings pianos and music to underserved uh, school communities. Uh, they do custom-built pianos to uh, fit the theme of each school community. They are beautiful pieces of work. You can volunteer. You can donate. Go to www.singforhope.org. That's www.singforhope.org. Even if you just want to check out their custom pianos, Google Sing for Hope uh, pianos. You can volunteer in any way possible. You can give money. You can volunteer. You can help sing. You can help build pianos. Anything you want. They need it all. They bring music and arts to uh, to underserved schools. Uh, they are great people. They've been at BroadwayCon. We've talked to them. Um, They're really great folks. They're doing wonderful things. So check them out. www.singforhope.org. Now, back to the podcast. Let's move on to Dark Phoenix. Um, this is the fourth installment of the most recent um, iteration of the X-Men uh, franchise. It is uh, the final installment uh, by all accounts um, of the X-Men franchise under the Fox supervision. Um, the box office history of the X-Men movies is pretty interesting. Uh, Ken, I'm going to ask you, mm. can you, you want guess... me to not look that up this up then? No, don't look I it up. I was on my way to... Oh, no, uh, don't excellent. look it Don't look it up. Okay. So can you guess, if we adjust for ticket price inflation, can you guess the order of the X-Men movies? Ooh. And there's seven of them, uh, six of them all together. Just guess the order. And again, we're not counting Deadpool. We're not counting the Wolverine movies. So this is just X-Men movies. There we okay. go. So what's number so, one? Number one, I'm going to say... Uh, is it a trick question? Nope. I mean, it's an X-Men It's movie. not. Okay, so it, no, I no, I mean, is it is it the movie I would expect it to be, or is it? Oh, I can't tell you. I can't tell you okay. that. Okay, so here's I'm going to give you my answer then. I would yes. expect it to be X Men Two, but it would not surprise me if it was actually X Men Three. 
So number one is The Last Stand. Yeah, yeah. it is the highest grossing, even adjusting for inflation. Um, it has bested it bested X two by one point two million dollars. So it's mm. real. Cl- it's real close. Yep. Yeah. So Last Stand is interestingly still number one of all the X two movies. X two is number two. Uh, any guesses for third after those two? After Days of uh, Future Past. It is not. No, it is the first really? X Men. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So the first, yeah. So basically, it goes three, two, one. So X Men did two sixty two adjusted for inflation, compared with three twenty one for X two. Uh, that's followed by Days of Future Past at two fifty three, compared okay. to two sixty two yep. for X Men. So pretty close. Um, and then the last two, we have First, first Class, class and Apocalypse, and then yeah. Apocalypse is yep. dead last. Yeah, but or, they're close. and rightly so. Right, but they're but they're close. Uh, first class is one sixty three, and Apocalypse is one sixty, and Apocalypse absolutely deserves to be last. Uh, um, yeah. It still kind of blows me away that Last Stand is was the best of this group. But then I remember well, like there was a lot of high expectations for that movie. I mean, it was coming off of X two, totally, and, and that was a great, well reviewed movie, very popular mm-hmm. among comic book fans. And then mm-hmm. you know there was. It was the Phoenix and all that well, stuff. It was, and, it was a good trailer. And again, yeah. this is before like all the Marvel hype for big epic battles. Like that trailer was promising a big epic battle, you know, like, you know, Magneto versus Professor X again, you know, basically plus with a little, uh, um, uh, the president, you know, thrown in, you know, trying to, you know, stop the cure, uh, or install the cure, I should say. Yeah. Um, so, Little did we all know, Brett Ratner <laughs> was yeah, Ratnerized the whole thing. Right, right, right. And uh, I should say, I should give a quick plug for our one and only Movie Court episode where I do where I defend the X Men: The Last Stand from Movie Jail. Um, I I still, which I still stand by, uh, despite the judge's ruling in that in that Movie Court. Um, I think the judge was incredibly impartial and, and fair <laughs> and judicious and fair. So it was so all three X-Men movies did above 250 million box office, which, you know, by any standard was really good. I honestly forgot until reviewing the box office that X-Men first class like only did unadjusted 146 million adjusted for inflation 163. Like there was a lot of fatigue. And part of that was X-Men. X-Men Wolverine Origins, which X-Men three and then X-Men Origins Wolverine. Yeah. So there's a lot of a lot of damage. Yeah, a lot of damage. Just a lot of skepticism. They're ever going to get this right. Um, And first class, I I can't quite put it above X two, but it's not a better movie than X two, but still one of my favorites. It's It's a really good, solid movie. Yeah, it's just it's a lot of fun. You got good mustache twirling from Kevin Bacon as the villain, and uh, (laughs) and just really good dynamics between Magneto and Professor X. let me ask you, Kent. So, again, so first class again was a really great start. Uh, very well received by the audience and by the critics, eighty-five percent. Where did this go wrong from Days of Future Past, which was well reviewed, it was a ninety percent uh, Rotten Tomato, mm-hmm. good box office, certainly the best of this latest franchise. Where did that go wrong? Where did the franchise go wrong from Days of Future Past to X Men Apocalypse in your mind? Uh, I don't know whoever wrote the script for Apocalypse. <laughs> that movie was hot trash. So uh, a dumpster fire. It, it uh, they they I mean they put they put one of the best actors in in movies, Oscar Isaac, as the villain underneath like twenty pounds of makeup. Right. You know, and gave him the most generic dialogue. And an awful <laughs> dialogue. Oh. I think so. I think they had two fundamental problems, which they can never quite figure out how to solve. One was, well, I'll say three. One was, I think Days of Future Past was a movie too early. I think they should have saved that. Um, I think it was just too early to mix back in the old cast with the new cast and didn't give the original cast more room to kind of expand and grow and stuff. But let's put that aside for a second, because that was a well-reviewed movie, and I generally enjoyed it. They had two fundamental problems and they're both kind of related one is they were so afraid to make magneto a true villain like they had to always have him kind of come around you know and be like 
have the saving grace or sort of come in and save things at the end. It certainly ruined Apocalypse. Like, it, it was just sort of, I don't know. It was, it, it kind of makes sense for him to kind of see that Apocalypse is a much bigger danger than, say, Professor X and the, and the other mutants ever could be. But yeah. they just had, they had to give him an arc to, again, like, at the beginning of Apocalypse, he he was living on his own, found a wife, but then had to murder, you know, all those um, soldiers because, well, you know, they they killed his wife by accident, and they had to make him sympathetic. And I think the real, I mean, the the, the Magneto story is one of sympathy. He's a Holocaust survivor and stuff, yeah. but he is, and he's complicated. But he is with he is no, without a doubt the villain eighty percent of the Doesn't, time. Is that kind of does he kind of do the same exact thing in all all three of these movies so far? Pretty much. Pretty where much. he he takes one position and then turns in the third act. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like basically. literally, like yeah. every single one. Yeah, he has and... one position for two thirds of the movie, and the third act he he takes the he goes the opposite direction. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and that was I thought the best moment of Days of Future Past was when he took a serious heel turn in the second act, which is like. Mystique has to die. Like she, like she just does, you know. And um, and that's very consistent with this character. But it was real. It was a real turn for him uh, because obviously Mystique, for all these movies, is a hero, which um, leads to my third, which leads to my second pr- problem they had with the franchise, which is Jennifer Lawrence was became way too big a star for them mm-hmm. to deal with. For the, like she was too big a star for this franchise. She just is, and they had yeah. they had no choice. But to kind of put her as Mystique in a leading role for yeah, this, basically and, by the end she's leading. She's leading the X Men in the third movie, <laughs> right, <laughs> right. And you know, Mystique is a character that's best sort of on the side. You know, sort of like you don't want too much of her because again, I think there's only so much of her that you know makes sense kind of in the story. Right, right. Uh, but she she was too big a star. You just had to probably use her, and they had her leading the X Men and Apocalypse, which didn't really make sense. Uh, I don't think it even made sense in the movie as a standalone, never mind like any context of the comics. So it was just, you know, they just never really got over those humps and they just kind of tried to accommodate as best they could, I think to the detriment of the story. Um, speaking of Jennifer Lawrence, do you think she regrets doing the X-Men franchise? Mm. Sort of a loaded question, but um, I'm wondering if she had to do it over again, would she do, would she, would she do I, this I, or not? I think if she had to do it over again, she would have tried to get out more har- more forcefully after the second one. <laughs> the second one, yeah, maybe. Right, she dies maybe at the end of it. That would maybe if she doesn't just die, just like you know what, I'm done with this, and <laughs> like force the studio to like recast the. the oh role. yeah, which yeah. would be, I mean, if we're being honest, it would be pretty easy since she's in makeup all the time. Oh, totally. And, and ch- can change her, can change her, uh, you know, her appearance. Right. Right, like that's that's very easy to to recast the role. Yeah, and she she really is a rare example of a star that was truly like didn't deserve to be in this franchise. And I love the X Men franchise, but she's just you know she, she's made a couple weird um, acting choices lately outside of this franchise. But I mean, I still I'm yeah, still buying stock in her. Part, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, she's a she's an Oscar winner. She's a franchise opener. You know, I mean, she's a star still. She's, yeah, and, absolutely. Yeah, hundred percent. She's yeah. a she's a five tool player, and she doesn't belong as ultimately a sidekick to you know James McAvoy and Michael yeah, Michael Michael Foster. Right. Uh, okay. Let's see. Are you ready for see don't see? Sure. Let's do this. Okay. All right. Uh, we have seven seven categories. Uh, all you know is the movies in the X-Men franchise. See or don't see. Hmm. After Days of Future Past, this probably would have been a three. Right now, it's at a one. Mm. And yeah. even that, uh, one <laughs> trending towards zero. Yeah. Um, I, I'm a huge, huge, huge X-Men fan. Um, going back you know to the arcade game basically <laughs> you know i played when i was seven years old um i'm here's all you need to know i'm gonna see this movie in the theater <laughs> even with all my reservations about it so i'm a th- that makes me a three basically there you go. I mean, that's <laughs> yeah it's I, for me it's the the track record is too checkered 
Yeah. No, to, I, to be I, I, all in on it. I can't dispute that, especially as we'll talk about. This movie has a big, troubled production. <laughs> um, they had to do... They had to reshoot uh, like stories. the entire third act. Right. They had to reshoot the entire third act, the entire ending. There are rumors that test screenings were horrible <laughs> you know, for this, so they had to do... Not a good idea to have the guy that wrote Apocalypse directing a movie for yeah, the, first, yeah. the first time. But... Um, yeah, so anyway, so uh, uh, despite all that, I will be making every effort I can to see this, <laughs> to see this in the theater. <laughs> all right, next. All you know is Sophie Turner is starring in the movie. See or don't see? Uh, zero. Yeah? She, she, I mean, look, I'm a huge Game of Thrones fan, but um, yeah. Yeah, she, she hasn't like blown me out of the water in terms of like mm-hmm. being a draw at the movie theater. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't. I agree. I agree with your assessment. I mean, has she been in anything other than the X Men for like movies that people have seen? I don't think so. No. No. Unless people have seen Another Me, Barely Lethal, Josie, Time Freak, or. Nope, that's pretty much it. Next, Michael Fassbender. See or don't see? Oh, this is one of my dudes. Oh. I know. Yeah. Um, although he's made some really bad decisions himself over the last few years. Yeah. Cough. Assassin's Creed. <coughs> Cough. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm, I'm still going to put him at a two. Um, he's he's one of my favorite actors, and so if he's in something, yeah, more often than a- not, I'm gonna I'm gonna be checking it out. Yeah, he was a three for me before. Um, I tried. I really tried to watch The Counselor. I couldn't do it. Um, I, oh, so, that's a weird movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so I'm also a two. I'm a two as well for Fassbender. All right, three. Uh, all you know is Jessica Chastain is playing the villain in a movie. You don't know anything else about it. See or don't see. Yeah, she's probably a two for me as well. Mm. Yeah, She. I mean, she's, she's really... Solid and mm. one of the best. So, yeah, I, she's yeah, she's a very interesting and good actor, and most of the time she's pretty entertaining. Um, so I agree. I think I'm a two on her as well. All right, we're in lockstep. We've been lockstep mm. last three. All right, here we go. Uh, next, uh, all you know is this move. This movie is the last installment of a franchise that you have watched previously. So it's Yeesh. a franchise you're familiar with, and they're saying this is the last installment. See? Except we know it's not going to be the last. <laughs> <laughs> it's the last iteration, right? Yeah. Of, yeah. of these, uh, with these actors, most likely. But right. Uh, right. there's no way they were done making X Men movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just if it's the last one, and I've seen all the other ones, I'm I'm like ninety percent of the time I'm a completist. Uh, I'm the I'm the type of guy that stuck with the TV show Heroes like way too long. <laughs> oh. Oh, I didn't finish yeah. it, but I had to like force myself to stop. Yeah, watching me it. too. Me too. So I, I'm that kind of guy. So I'm probably, yeah. I'm probably a two. Two. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm probably on net average. I'm a one. Uh, usually, when they say it's the last one, it usually means they're like three movies too many <laughs> in a franchise. <laughs> like they definitely did that for the Saw franchise. They're doing it for Rambo. Like I'm like they're making another Rambo, but it's the last one, the last blood. And I'm like, how many more bloods were there? Like, and I forgot they actually did a Rambo movie like two or three years oh, ago. Oh yeah, uh, oh. it was like maybe ten now. It's been yeah. a while. Oh really? That long? Oh, yeah, I, you you might be surprised. Yeah, well, with Sylvester Stallone, I would not be surprised. Today, maybe that's like, Rambo. Was, get, like, Ram- oh my gosh, Rambo was two thousand eight. Oh, the last one. Wow. Yeah, it was. It was. It was slightly on the heels of of uh, Rocky Balboa. <laughs> Which I want to say it was like 2006. Right. Rocky Balboa, the last. The, and because the last that one movie. was so good, he's like, I have to make a, a new Rambo movie. <laughs> because sure, Turn them all back. Even though Rambo's like not relevant at all to in 2018 yeah. world, but all right, all right, uh, two more. Uh, all you know, all you know is um, this movie looks to be like 80 percent a remake of The Last Stand. That's X Men: The Last Stand. That's all you know. See, if it's eighty percent of a remake of The Last Stand, <laughs> I am a negative three. 
because I hated that movie. <laughs> that, so, is, that is the easiest decision. It's the easiest negative three you'll ever hear from me. Right, right. So I defended it in our movie court episode. I admit there are flaws and problems with it. It's a movie that could stand to use a remake, to be to be quite honest, um, from all aspects, particularly the Dark Phoenix aspect. Um, I'm not. I'm going to be honest. I'm not a negative because again, I think the plot can work. I'm I'm kind of interested to see what they do with the more active Dark Phoenix, like as opposed to last time where she was just sort of like walking around mute <laughs> until like the very end. Um, not doing anything, so oh. I think I'm. I think I'm actually a positive one on this. As wow. as crazy as that is, I'm. Uh, wow. I'm a positive one. I, I told you I'm an X Men Mark. That's uh, clearly. Yeah, I think. Yeah. I think Dark Phoenix. Honestly, <laughs> I think Dark Phoenix is one of the most overrated stories. I yes ever. Yes. Yes. So that's just me. Okay. Well, that is just you. Um, <laughs> all right. Last one. Uh, all you know, oh, this, by the way, this last character is a uh, category is a minor spoiler alert. So if Whoa. fast, fast okay. forward a minute or so, uh, all you know is, um, in this movie, a major character and a major star that plays a major character, they die early on in the movie. And, um, the trailer is not ashamed to let you know that, uh, Ken, what's your, what's your interest? See, what character your... are you talking about? Uh, are you for real or no? I am. Oh, maybe I shouldn't tell you. I don't is know. It, is it Jennifer Lawrence? Yeah, yeah, it's Jennifer Lawrence. <laughs> okay, that's what I figured. Yeah, yeah. I hadn't seen it explicitly. They actually, they actually put out. a news story. They put a news release saying, like, oh, yeah, Mystique dies in this, in this movie. I, I, I kind of figured based on one of the trailers I'd seen, but uh, I, hadn't, I hadn't seen it. Like I said, I hadn't seen it explicitly spelled out. Yeah, I mean, no, they did that. Again, they don't explicitly do that. The trailer is pretty strongly hints at it, but like right. basically, he's like walking the towards her. Yeah, the they basically recreate the the scene in the Last Stand where Professor X dies, and they right. just substitute a mystique just for it, basically. It for mystique, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's exactly what it looked like then. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, that's yeah, that works so well with uh, the Last Stand, <laughs> where they just killed off characters for the sake of killing them off. Uh, <laughs> I, I I don't know. I don't. Oh yeah, I know you're right. I'm sorry. James Marsden had to go do Man of Steel. Uh, <laughs> I mean, do we want do we want consequence or we don't or do we not want consequence in movies? Uh, I'm so confused. Uh, Comic book fans are just they can't make up their minds with this stuff. But all right, we're rehashing movie courts. So. Um, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. That's neither here nor there. Uh, <laughs> if they're killing off the if they're killing off a major character early on. That can sometimes work, um, but sometimes, as we've seen with X-Men Last Stand, it can go horribly wrong. So I will say uh, I'm probably a negative one on that. Okay. I'm a minus three. I just think it's terrible form to announce, like, a major plot twist in the movie. I don't care, like... How much you want to shock the audience or try and think we'll grab them in? I just think it's bad form and... Oh, okay. I misunderstood the question. Yeah. So yeah, in that case, I'm a negative three too. I, I, okay. I the less I I want to know as little as possible about major plot points right, going right. into a movie. Right. 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 So yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you are a score of one. Uh, I'm a score of six. Uh, so I'm averaging a one. You're about a zero. You're averaging a zero. I have two bonus questions for you. Okay. All right. Uh, ninety nine percent. Yep. Yep, if it was a ninety nine percent Rotten Tomato score, would you see this? We'll we'll make it like ninety five. Oh, yeah. We'll make it I like ninety five percent Rotten Tomatoes. If this was in the nineties, I would definitely see it. You yes. would, okay, okay. Yeah, uh, so, well, not I'm just because of anyway. that, but also, yeah, yeah, okay. The, the actors involved, I, I like a lot of the actors. Okay, very good. Um, I, I'm seeing it anyway, so ninety nine. So it was just get me to the theater faster. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Second bonus question. Um, if it was announced this movie was in the Conjuring universe, would that compel you to see this movie even, even more? Uh, no. I've... You and the Conjuring, man. That's your horror equivalent of uh, Jason Statham. <laughs> oh, I'm just like, it seems like every movie is in the Conjuring universe these days. So, like, why couldn't Dark Phoenix be in the Conjuring universe? The CCU? 
<laughs> right. The Conjuring Cinematic Universe. It's like, what, 25 movies in the Conjuring Universe now? Oh, yeah, that, that would be a negative on my point. Okay. Um, All right. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, if, if, if that was true, like, like, oh, yeah, no, this is James Wan's involved. This is a Conjuring Universe. I'd be like, huh. <laughs> I think that would compel me to go s- to see a little bit more. Um, just so it's you very know. Very on brand. Yeah, exactly. So very <laughs> on brand for you. So I have I have like a roster of like ten of these type of bonus questions, which I'm just going to rotate them throughout uh, different movies. So we'll, okay. we'll only get one or two uh, per movie as we see this, but uh, you know, so we'll see as we go forward. Yeah. Whew, okay, well, we got any breath left? Let's uh, let's do some Rotten Tomato review. Um, I'm let's do Secret Life of Pets. Uh, let's get the latest reviews up right here. Uh, right now, Secret Life of Pets is at 63% still after 35 reviews. That is down from 73% from the first movie. Um, one positive review. Let's see. Uh, from Kate Erbland from IndieWire, the imagination that fuels the series' furry and frisky characters makes it fine entertainment for anyone who ever gazed at a pup or kitten and wondered what the heck they were thinking. Rating of a B minus, I think. Uh, one negative review from James Clay of Fresh Fiction. This is a film that promises life lessons from the voice of our pets. What we get in return is just another spastic trip down the kitty aisle. So he's not a big fan of uh, frenetic energy, I guess. He gave it a rating of AC. So this looks like a movie that's kind of shaping up, uh, you know, just sort of not particularly highbrow entertainment, not anything that's going to make you think too hard, just something to keep the kids entertained for 90 minutes. And uh, so uh, Dark Phoenix, there's still uh, no score yet, I believe, on Dark Phoenix. There is one review out. Uh, Ken, do you happen to have that review ready? Uh, I do. not, I guess. It's, uh, oh, you're going to make me say this name. Uh, oh. LaRushka Ivan Zeta. Oh, that's pretty Metro good. UK. I, oh, I was going to, I was going to botch that if you, if you didn't. Yeah, I didn't <laughs> well, I'm mind. no Chris Peterson, but yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, she says it's a missable culmination to the 20 year X-Men franchise thus far. Mm-hmm. Um, that was my actually, guess. yeah, I was, I'm not expecting much from this movie. Uh, <laughs> let me see here. I ha- I'm on a website called Letterboxd, and there are a couple of reviews on here. I don't know. I don't know how you know. This is like a, a Facebook movie community kind of website. Yeah. So I can't. I can't give any credence to, uh, you know, whether these are actual critics or anything. Right. Uh, but one person gave it one star, uh, saying that this is Serenity uh, levels of quality. That would be the uh, Matthew McConaughey and Hathaway movie from earlier this year. Uh, (laughs) Says that, uh, oh boy, is this movie sad. Everybody seems like about to cry for the entire length time. Uh, No sign of life or happiness to be found in any character. They wanted to go dark and they sucked out all the fun in the process. Uh, And then one three star out of five star review uh, says with exactly zero complaints regarding the Brian Singer size hole now in the X Men franchise, Simon Kenberg's lean, uncluttered, dramatically matured directing style is a blast of fresh air. That said, everyone wears varying levels of embarrassment while on set for this one, and the line delivery here is very obviously a contractual obligation. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta admit, though, a warm, fuzzy feeling started mutating inside me. Uh, what oh okay i'm not gonna spoil that if that's actually true okay so i'm gonna yeah just stop that there yeah you know i'm gonna be i mean no one wants to be none of them i mean they're all interesting stars who probably have much more interesting projects they want to do than do a dark phoenix movie i i'm gonna be interested how what they reshoot the ending to be because even before he knew anything what happened just on the beats of the trailer, you could kind of guess exactly how the plot was going to happen. So, you know, 
Jean Grey turns evil. They try and battle her. They eventually convince her to turn back good. And then she turns on Jessica Chastain's character at the end as, you know, they're revealed to take over the world, you know, using Jean Grey or whatever. So I'd be curious if they mix up the ending at all. Um, Well, I mean, you also have to throw in Magneto going into business for himself in the third act. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) Which is what he always does. Well, right, yeah. Well, he'll come back to the team at the end because he'll do something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, let's finish up with some predictions. Okay. Uh, let's start with Secret Life of Pets. Um, so I'm seeing predictions in the 55 to 65, maybe 70 range uh, for this movie. Uh, let's see. Do you want to flip a coin? Who guesses first here? Or, oh, yeah. I don't care. <laughs> right. Why don't you go first? I'll go one. first. Um, what, what was the range you were saying? Uh, I've seen like 55 to like 65 to 70. Yeah. Mm. And this is at like 63%. Yeah. Hmm. I'm going to say it's going to do something like uh, 64 million. 64? Okay. Yeah. I'm going to go. So yeah. So the number I pegged was 61. Uh, it's a little bit on the lower side. I think I, I'm contemplating the Toy Story 4 effect, whether it could actually help the opening weekend if people are like, well, I want to get this out of the way so my kids want to see it because I want to see Toy Story 4 in two weeks, or it could hurt it because no one's really thinking about this movie. Everyone's thinking about Toy Story 4 you know, in a couple weeks. Yeah. Um, it's a pretty soft Rotten Tomato for animation standards. You know, again, I, I have a feeling it's going to end up maybe even in the fifties. Um, I think you got to get below fifty percent before it starts to affect uh, animated yeah. movies opening weekends. Yeah. Uh, my daughter does want to see this movie. I'm not sure why because she hasn't seen the first one, um, <laughs> so I had to take that into account. Um, Advertising's so. working, <laughs> right? So sixty-one, sixty-one's a guess for me. All right. Uh, all right. Dark Phoenix. Um, the forecast for this has been really consistent. Like everywhere I'm seeing is like 50. Like it's like 50 millions of the projection, um, which would be again lower than I think all the other movies opening weekend, uh, even First Class, which opened at like 55 million. I think. Mm. Uh, I'm again. We only have one review at one official review out. I have a feeling this movie is going to be in like the twenties, possibly, you know, maybe thirties, uh, review wise. I'm going low. Um, I'm going 44 on this. Um, yeah, I just, again, like I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to make every effort to see this in the theater. Um, so like I'm in, and I'm sure there's other like hardcore X-Men fans are just in regardless but I think the general audience is out. I think, you know, I was based, based off epoxy and also just, you know, I think there's still some after effect on, uh, on uh, end Avengers Endgame and with Spider-Man coming out. I think this is, you know, there's a very good chance. This is just lost in the shuffle. I'm going low. I'm going 44. I don't, I don't uh, necessarily disagree with that. Um, the only thing that I would counter with is that the lowest movie, and the X-Men universe was the Wolverine with 53. Yeah. yeah. And even even Apocalypse, which... What was the Rotten Tomato on Apocalypse? Like, I think 50. It was like 49. Oh, like 45. No. Maybe. Yeah. Apocalypse? Yeah. I thought that was really low. Like... Oh, 47. Wow. Huh. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I had that. <laughs> uh, I, I All don't right. know why that movie is 47. It should it should have been in the 20s, but mm. that's, that's either Yeah, or. it really should have. Uh, see, that was 47%, and it still made $65 million opening weekend. Yeah. So I'm going to say... I'm going to say 48. 48, okay. 48. Okay. That's still below I, the, I think uh, it's low, too, yeah. Yeah, it's still below the tracking. Year. Uh, all right, so that's a wrap, folks. Um, next week, thank you for joining us. Uh, please give us, uh, if you enjoyed this podcast and all the other ones, please give us five stars on Spotify and soon to be defunct iTunes. All oh, we're <laughs> sad. Um, but you know, hey, give us give ratings on iTunes while we still can. Um, next week, I c- I'll be honest. I considered taking next week off. 
Uh, well, because you know what's coming out next week? Men in Black. Yeah. International. Uh, but you know what? I, I, I There's a couple good angles in that movie to dissect. Yeah, and, I think uh, so. Yeah, so I'm just, I was just saying, like, I was thinking about the schedule. I'm like, uh, do I make sure? But, you know, we're going to give it our all. Uh, I want man. I want three C or no C questions for Shaft as well. <laughs> well or at least the bonus question. <laughs> if Shaft well, were at a 99% yeah. on Rotten Tomatoes, <laughs> would you go see it? <laughs> So yeah, so we so we will be back. So we we'll, we will be back next week. We're gonna do Men in Black International. We will. I I can't promise a full fledged breakdown of Shaft. I'm gonna see how it's tracking, but uh, we will definitely spend a little yeah, bit of time yeah. on Shaft, um, particularly to remark how uh, Richard Roundtree, at 76 year old, years old, can play Samuel L. Jackson's father and Samuel Jackson's 70 years old. Like I'm not sure how that can really work, but we'll tackle issues. <laughs> we'll tackle questions like that. Uh, next week we will um, we will be doing podcasts every week through uh, the month of July. Uh, so come back next week, join us each and every week as we continue to make and fail at predictions of box office weekends. Hey, speak for yourself. I'm going to nail this weekend. <laughs> I'm back, baby. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Ken, do you have anything you want to plug? Uh, uh, my pending uh, Godzilla review, which will definitely not be positive. So. <laughs> <laughs> so if you like reviews that slightly or tr- seriously trash a movie, then uh, look forward to that. So we will see you next week for Men in Black International and Shaft. Enjoy the movies this week, everyone. Adios.